Father, we just are so grateful to you for your word, Father. Thank you, for, Lord, as we've been uh, studying your attributes, I just pray that you would just continue to show us your goodness and your love, your mercy, your compassion, your faithfulness, Lord, in depths that we just don't even understand, but we're willing to be teachable. So I ask that you would come now, Lord, that your presence would be here, Lord, that you would fill this place with your love. Teach us, Lord, as we go forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight our uh, study is on the goodness of God. And so I'm breaking it up in four different sections. Uh, Goodness of God, what it means. The goodness of God, what it does. The goodness of God, what it requires. And the goodness of God, what we can conclude. And so um, there's just so much, there was so much, you know, so much about the goodness of God. And, and this is just one of those, you know, we're talking, this could just be like a forever learning uh, study for us. This could be a study just that would go on and on and on. But we're forging fast and with the attributes. And tonight we've got the goodness of God, you know, and this is, to me was one of those studies, you know, that could start and it could end with God is good. We could read Psalm 86, 5, for you, you, O Lord, are good, ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. You could drop the mic and walk away, and that would be good enough. But I can't do that. (laughs) Probably be the last time I ever was up here. So anyways, we'll pick up the mic and keep going. But, you know, like I said, it was a challenge knowing just how to approach um, the goodness of God. You know, he, his goodness is everywhere in the Bible, from the very beginning to the very end and throughout. So you, we got to kind of narrow it down and, and see what the Lord has. So um, first of all, I have one dictionary version of what it said about God's goodness. It says, a perfection of his character, which he exercises towards his creatures according to their various circumstances and relations. And with, with respects to the miseries of his creatures, it is mercy, pity, and compassion that he has. In the case of unrepentant sinners, it's long-suffering and patience that he has. In communicating favor on the unworthy, it is God's grace. Goodness and justice are just several uh, aspects of the one unchangeable, infinitely wise, and sovereign moral perfection. God is not something merciful or something just, but he is eternally infinitely just and merciful. God is infinitely and unchangeably good. Zephaniah 3.17 says, And his goodness is incomprehensible by our finite mind. Romans 11.35 and 36 says, God's goodness appears in both his giving and his forgiving. The goodness of God is just one of the attributes of God, as well as the description of his very essence. God, by his nature, is inherently good. Psalm 34, 8 tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. In his foundations are goodness and everything good he didn't. He, he is the foundation of goodness and of everything good. He didn't obtain it from another source. People can have good traits. You know, we can do good deeds. But the goodness of God is not you know, but, but that's not really our, our natural character. You know, we try to do good. Yeah, definitely. We all do. Uh, we want to do good for the most part. Um, but you know, and I've shared with my, my niece, she was a, you know, growing up, she was just a tough little cookie. She called me one time and, and, uh, she, you know, I said, Hey, Natalie, you know, I heard, understand you weren't being very good. And she says, Oh, 
Aunt Lorraine, I don't think I can hear you that good because I'm in Texas, so I can't hear you. And I said, no, you can hear me. I said, you know, you can hear me. We're on the phone. She said, oh. And, I, and, she, said, and she said, I said, well, why do you do it? She says, because I like not being good. I'm like, oh, scary. But, you know, that's really, but, you know kind of how we are, huh? We kind of like not being all that good, but we do. We do try to do good deeds. We do try to do good, but goodness um, is really not our character. Our goodness comes from God. We have been looking at some of the infinite attributes of God. We've talked about his holiness. Uh, We've talked about his glory, his wisdom, Uh, and so now we've reached goodness. uh, These are infinite attributes of God because they are attributes that permeate his whole being. They're not attributes that are sort of the background of everything that we know about God. They are him. He is, he is good and in him, he is good and of him, in and of himself. For us, goodness is an added quality, but it comes naturally to God. God is just, is not just the, not just the greatest of beings, he is the best. Um, I remember Kathy saying, you know, there, there's words in here that you can't make, you know, better than they already are. And good is one of those. You know, it isn't like good, good, or goodest. You know, it's just God is good. Um, and in all of these, um, he is good. And I remember um, a while back, you know, Lily and I would go to places, and, like, she might say, oh, you know, you want to have, a, like, a burger for lunch? And I'd be like, mm, no, I want something gooder. And, you know, and, and I would always say that. And it was just kind of one of my favorite things. And so you know, once in a while it worked. But most of the time she's like, girl, this is it. Then I'm like, okay, uh, hamburger, cheese, no onion, you know, but I, you know, but, but in me, it was like, I want the gooder. And I love to say that. I love to say that, you know, it's gooder. It's that, and that's this nonsense and silliness of Lorraine, but it's just one of my, my favorite fun things to say. So God, the character of God, that, that those are just some of, of who he is and the goodness of God. This is what it does. The goodness of God is evident in all his creation and accomplishments. Genesis one thirty one says, God saw that he, that he had saw all that he had made and it was very good. We cannot earn or, or we don't merit his goodness. It is available to us regardless of our, where we are in life. Even though we are not worthy of it, Matthew 5.45 says, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And we read in Psalm 145.9 that the Lord is good to all. He hath compassion on all that he has made. God's goodness is personal. And we, did, we sang, we sang, good, good father. That's who you are. And you know what? And we're loved by him. And we can sing those songs because he is good. And each of us knows the goodness that he has poured upon us personally in ways we, um, in, in, in different ways that he meets our individual needs. His goodness provides us with benefits. You know, it, he gives us the perfect model of goodness. By knowing God and knowing about his goodness, we can come to recognize true goodness and strive to do good things. We should pray as the psalmist did, you are good. And what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. And that's what it's all about, having that teachable spirit. And that was Psalm 119.68. A working definition of God's goodness is this. God is good by nature, and he's good at what he does. God is good, and the very essence of God is that he is a good God. Not only that, he's a very, very good in everything that he does. So we just need to be able to be teachable.
to, to know these things, to learn these things. The, the Bible defines God's goodness, goodness in two different ways. One, is the, one, is, one has to do with his character, and the other focuses on, our, on his actions. And, you know, isn't that a lot about what it is for all of us? You know, it is our character, and it is our actions. And, you know, sometimes... Um, it's funny, you, you, uh, I work, help out in the first and second grade class, and you mommies walk your little, your kids up, and you and you say, oh, you know, you, you know, you drop them off, and you're like, be good. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> and so, um, you know, you're, you're like, and then you say, did you hear me? And then my eyebrow kind of goes up like, uh, did you hear her? And, and then I think, you know, what am I up against? And you're telling your kid to be good, my goodness, you know. It's Bible classes, you know, it'll be, all be good. But it, but that's just it. We tell, we we try to teach our kids to be good, and and so that's it. Always is very, you know, very funny to be some of the parents who tell their kids who are to be good, and they're you know perfect angels, and some who don't, and you're like, ah, next time you gotta tell them to be good. But you know, and and also in our class, in our class, I do find out because you know it's it's a it's a Thursday night. Some of them have been in homeschool or have had different things happen. So I, I always ask them if they've had a good day or a bad day. And so that allows me to know kind of where the kids are. And I'll tell you, even though, first of all, it was just like, you know, a good day, and then now they want to tell me their whole life story. Well, I had three goods and two bads, and I'm like, okay, one, pick one. But, but you know, the one thing I have to tell you is that even though if they have a bad day, they will always find something good. They will always say, but this is good. And so, and, and that to me, it always warms my heart that even though things might not have gone good, maybe they got in trouble at school or at home or whatever, but they always do find a good. And, and that's, that is the goodness of the Lord. And that comes from the goodness of the Lord. Um, the first, uh, um, so anyway, uh, in verse let me see where I jumped to. The, uh, the Bible defines. So the first half of the verse that we, we talked about, one Psalm 119, 68, uh, by knowing God and learning about his goodness, we can come to recognize true goodness and strive to do good things. You know, first of all, uh, the first half of that uh, verse, it focuses on that, God, that God's nature is good, that he is morally excellent, extraordinarily beautiful, deeply glad, and it, and just bountiful. And since that is the God we're talking about, this goodness ascribes him, and it raises him to the highest possible level of good. There's just no way we can ever reach that. He is just so good, and that's just who he is. Um, when Jesus said, uh, when Jesus was saying, in effect, is, you know, um, that this is this is where he's at, and so I'm. I'm sorry. I just kind of jumped a little further. Um, so that's what. It, that's exactly what it meant. Um, and then, and that's exactly what Jesus meant when he said in Mark ten eighteen, "No one is good but one." We can all. You can. We can call all kinds of good things out. You know, a steak is good. You know, we have a good friend. You know, we saw a good movie. All of these things that we that we think that are good. But all that we call good on this earth is tainted and imperfect because God alone is goodness in himself. What Jesus was saying in effect to, to um, in, in Mark ten eighteen when when they came to him and said, teacher. And, he's, you know, he said, you know, if you're calling me good, you're calling me God. Are you calling me God? And if that's what you mean when you call me good. So Jesus was establishing the point to teach us some really important truths, that truly there is none good but God. 
That, that is what we need to understand about God and his goodness. The bigger point is that anything that is good is from God, and anything that is not good is not from God. The standard by which we determine what is good and what is not good is in the, rela- is in the relationship to God. You know, and that started me thinking, you know, what, what do we call good or what is good? You know, and, and the world, you know, sometimes calls, calls things good. You know, people think drugs are good. It makes them happy for a moment. Uh, it gets, gives them a feeling. What happens, they generally become addicted to them. You know, maybe in your business. Uh, you know, maybe in your business or doing your taxes. You know, maybe you fudge just a little bit. It's, it's not that bad, and it's good, and it's going to benefit you. So it's got to be good if it's going to benefit you. You know, we get a tainted view of good. Flip side of the coin, how about lima beans? You know? Seriously. Can't stand them. But did you know lima beans truly have a nutritional profile? They're an excellent source of whatever this word is, and a very good source of dietary fiber, copper, and magnesium. Lima beans are a good source of folate, phosphorus, protein, potassium, B1, iron, magnesium, and B6. So if any of you are lacking, go to lima beans. You know, I can't stand them. But you, you, but my, and the point, you know, is, is that, you know, sometimes we think things are good and they're not, and sometimes we don't think things are good, and they can be coffee medicine. I don't know about you, but I cannot stand cough syrup. I hold my nose, I close my eyes, I drink it down whenever I need it, and I just can't stand it. I never say, gosh, I think I'll run to CVS, grab me some cold, you know, a little bit of uh, Robitussin, because, you know, it tastes so good. But the benefits of it are good. It helps me to sleep when I'm coughing, and it, you know, doesn't irritate those around me. So it, it has its benefits. You know, exercise. What about exercise? I mean, I don't know about, yeah, 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 it's good. It's so painful in the beginning. Has wonderful results in the end, but it's very painful in the beginning. I know I've tried it a couple times. I don't like it. Don't like it. But the benefits, the benefits, you know, are awesome. You see, there are many things that humans think are good. And in that sense of, or in the sense of making me feel good, whatever it is, but they're really not good when they're judged by the standard of God. There are many things that are proven to be good to us that don't seem good. And my lima bean was the perfect example of that. A lot of benefits in there. So we need to have a standard of what is good and what is not good. Because we can't depend on what seems to be good to us. There are things that we know that are not good for us, and they only bring those temporary pleasures. And there are things that we know that are good for us, and yet they're not enjoyable as we participate in them. But the end benefit is always good. How do we decide what is really good and what is really not good? Well, the answer is that God is good and he does good. Therefore, God is the standard by which all good is determined, not by our emotions, not by our feelings, not by what the cr- a crowd agrees with us, but truly by the... By, um, but God is the standard for good. And I know because it's easy. You know, sometimes it is really easy to get the crowd around you and, and you know, you can start to kind of, you know, you know, say a little something, and man, they're right there for you. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, of course you're right. And you know, when you go down and you get down to the root, truly it isn't good. So we need to be careful on how it is we are judging our standard of good, how we decide what is really good and what isn't. And, um, you know, moving on, um, the other part is the true character, in the character of a person. And it's truly by our actions, isn't it? So the second point of the definition is that God's goodness concentrates on what he does. And the Bible 
just tells us with, with descriptions. Of, I mean, you can read through the Bible and you see his kindness. You see his mercy. You see his steadfast love. You see his generosities. God is just so wanting to, to go beyond and above for each of us. And you know what? None of us deserve him, but he wants those for us. Have you ever thought about just how God is so generous towards you? Can you believe uh, can you believe it when you look back? You know, you, we all carry a lot of baggage. Let's be real. We all have our bags that we can't carry around. Some of us have, you know, shoulder bags, and other of us have got like 10 bags following right behind us, you know. Um, we have hang-ups, you know. Um, and we say one thing and we may do another, but um, that's not who our God is. And we have to constantly remember that that's who, our, that that's who it is that our standard is new. The goodness of God is not only an attribute of God, but it's a foundational truth for every Christian and we should, that we should embrace. Consider some of the reasons God's goodness is important to us. There's a lot of them. You know, I hope that the Lord just grants us his goodness and that it becomes such a truth that we, that we, only, that we can accept it, that we can embrace it, so that it becomes the perspective from which we view the events in our lives. Uh, there is such an absolute perfection in God's nature and being that nothing is wanting to be defective in it. And nothing can be added to, to make it better. He was originally good. He's good of himself, with which nothing else is. Everything else is he's made is good, but we're not good in ourselves. Only by participation and only by communication for God with God. He is essentially good and not only good, but goodness itself, that we have goodness added to us. That's an additive in us, not in him. And so, you know, we just need to continually remember that God is the suman bonum, the highest of God. He's the highest of good. I'm sorry, he's the highest of good. He's the chief good. I mean, there's just absolutely in ways, no ways, words that you can just, that you can even start to use, but he is the good or good. He is the good or good. And uh, God said, you know, and we just need to um, continue to, to remember to ask him to teach us those things. You know, and even when we give good gifts, even when we think we're go- doing good, we need to remember that, you know, it's in really truly no measurement to who he is. But because of him, we can do those things. The Bible says that those are actually God's, that, that, um, God's thoughts toward, towards us, and I, and I put the scripture up here, Jeremiah, you know, his thoughts towards, towards us are what? They are, yeah, they're not for evil. He wants, he's got a future for us. He's got a hope for us. You know, he doesn't think ill for us. He does not, he's not waiting up there to pound you with a, with a mallet. His thoughts towards us, you know, his hope for us, his peace that he wants to give us, it's not evil, it's not for bad, but, you know, sometimes we, we kind of might uh, be thinking that that might be the, the case. You know, sometimes we have to go through tough things. But, you know, he's there and he is good. Um, you know, maybe you can just, um, you know, maybe, maybe in your circumstances, maybe where you're at, you know, things are just so mundane. Maybe your life is hard and the options are few. And maybe, you know, you say God is good, but it does feel hollow. Maybe you can say it with your lips, but maybe it's not truly in your heart. So uh, let's see, let's see what, the, what the word of God has to say for that. You know, the word of God assures us that God's purpose for us is good. And just as pe- we, you know what, 
ladies, just as parents and we want good for our children, our Heavenly Father wants good for us. James 17.1 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. We should remember, however, that good things may not always show up as happy experiences. Sometimes good can be disguised as adversity, hardship, but God can use those difficulties. And Romans 8.28 says what? That we know that all things work for good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So it may not seem good at the moment, but he works it out for good. And, and you know, um, I've seen that in so much in, in just, uh, you know, our family's events over the last year. And, you know, things have, you know, things that just don't seem good. They seem really grim. They, the light is very dim. And you just see the Lord just brightening the light and, and just his goodness just overflowing. Well, he takes you through those times so that what? We can draw closer to him so that we'll know. You know, um, he, he, just, he's, he offers us security and encouragement. We can depend on the unchanging goodness of God. Psalm 52, 1 says, The goodness of God endureth continually. God will always be good. His character doesn't change. He will continue to be the creator of all things good, and we can be confident he will provide good things for for those of us according to his perfect plan. He draws us close. The purpose of, of God's goodness is to draw us to him. This was manifested in the highest decree when God sacrificed his son Jesus for our salvation. Because of his goodness, we were given the opportunity to hear his word and to claim eternity, eternal life, by accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. And we can also look to God as the perfect role model to teach us about goodness and how to do good things. Most important, through his son, like we said, he, he provided us a way for us to go to heaven. Colossians 1 reminds us that Jesus, uh, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God and that God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. Jesus is God's goodness in the flesh. He demonstrated God's desire. He demonstrates, demonstrated God's desire to pour out blessings and help in times of our deliverance in a lot of different ways. Let's look at a couple of them. He took the judgment that our sin deserved upon himself. Romans 5.8 says that God proves his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's extravagance flowed to us in an amazing situation of his son, and I'm sorry, an amazing substitution of his son in our place on the cross. And just that thought alone, you know, thinking about that, you know, and I've said before, and I've been up here and I said, you know, what a good God, because, you know, there's no way I could have put my son up on that cross for nobody, not one here, there ain't nobody here, you know, and so I don't put him on a pedestal, but, you know, I just think, man, there's just no way I could do that. You who have sons, you know, you're, well, some of you want to put your son up on the cross, now stop, but anyway, um, you know, but, you know, but truly, he sent his son, you know, um, to die for us in, in our place. His death for us is undisputed picture of unmerited goodness. We don't deserve it. But you know what? He continues to do things that prove we don't, didn't earn it. God is good. His nature, his nature drives, a, drives a desire to us, for us, so that we 
so that we can do that so and that that we can't do ourselves so he put his son up there on our behalf so that we could go to heaven he concludes lots of other things in uh, Romans 8:32 he says he does he didn't even spare his own son but offered him up to us how how will he not only pop 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 he did not even spare his own son but he offered him up for us all how will he not also grant him through grant him us everything in other words you know what god already shows his goodness towards us in the in the biggest possible way and in all the other little details to help us to to live a godly life you know what through thick and thin this is included in on our gift his son was one of the biggest gifts that he could give us jesus unlocked Jesus unlocks God's goodness towards us in, in ways. In 1 Corinthians one twenty, he tells us, every one of God's promises is yes in Christ. That means that all good and perfect gifts come from God, and they come to us through our relationship with Jesus. And, I, you know, I just, I, it just helps me to understand and to appreciate all that that is, all, everything that he did. All that he sacrificed for us. And, and like I said, goodness, that, that for me, as I kept going and going, it's just, it's so hard to understand. Because, you know, I think I'm okay. I think I'm pretty good. And it just made me realize, eh, there I am. <laughs> I'm not. I am only but a little, a little pea brain, you know. But, but God's good, and he wants us to continue to do those good things. God's goodness, um, the, the goodness of God, this is what it requires. The goodness of God calls, us, calls out for a response. So, um, it call, so there's three things that I'm going to hit here. Uh, we must take change in our lives and begin to fully experience the effects of God's generosity. Repentance of unbelief and ingratitude. You know, sometimes we can be very unthankful. We uh, can tend to, you know, start to look at our situation around us, and and we start to, you know, it's like, you know, where's good? Where's the goodness? Where's where's the good in God? And you know what? I think everybody probably has had that question. We've all been in probably a situation where that might be the case. But Romans two four says, "Or do you despise the riches of His kindness, restraint, and and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness intended to lead you to repentance?" Paul is saying, do you think that all these blessings that visit you, visit you day in and day out um, is because you're just truly an incredibly nice person? Yeah, well, no, that's right. And, who, and you know, we're so special. You know, did you guys make God's special list? Did you guys make that list? Well, you know, his goodness is just because he's good. We're not on a special list, you know, like, oh, gosh, let me do this because you are so special. You know, it's just his goodness. You know, and, and going through your life, you, you know, we receive these things. And a lot of times, you know what, we receive the goodness of God. And half the time, I think we just overlook them. You know, we wake up every day. We've got, you know, probably three or four closets that we can go to to find something to wear, or at least two. You know, um, multiple pairs of shoes you can put on. You, you know, you have some somewhere to sleep. You got shoes for you, you know, to put on your feet. Uh, most probably, you know, for the majority, probably have a transportation to get to and from somewhere. Those are just the little things every single day. The goodness of God, the things that He provides us. That you know, I think sometimes we might might. Just kind of look at those that, you know, well, that's, you know, they're, they're just here. That's just something that I have. If we stop and we look around, we see the hand of the Lord in our life. 
and you know what? We should turn to him. We should thank him. And that's what part of it is. You know, we, we begin to forget to be thankful for the things that he has given unto us. He gives us rest in his goodness when the adversary come, when adversity comes. We live in a world where bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Sometimes our, our circumstances argue with us about how good God is. Sometimes God's plan for us means that through trials and losses, you know, that through these trials, you know, we're going to have losses. We're going to have a heartache. We are going to have death. That's just, that's the adversity that's going to come up. But, you know, Psalm 31, 19 and 20, 31, 19 and 20 says, how great is your God that you have stored up for those who fear you. You accomplished in the sight of everyone, of everyone for those who take refuge in you. Ladies is a place for us to take refuge. You hide them in your protection of your presence. You conceal them in the shelter from the schemes of men, from the quarrelsome tongues. God has great goodness stored up for you. Take your refuge in him and rest there. He has, he is, you know, up, he wants so much for us to go to him, to take that refuge. That's what his word says. He says, here's the goodness. Come, take refuge in this. You know, it doesn't hide it from us. He tells us, he calls us, he leads us, you know, uh, we just need to make sure that, that that's what we do. And, you know, sometimes we go through those hard, hard times and, you know, we may have the question, where is God in all of this goodness? Where is he? So the question, you know, we, could, we all have questions. We all have questions in our mind. We may not admit it to somebody else, but we, we all have the question in our mind. But if you think about it, let's go all the way back to Genesis in the Garden of Eden. And what happened? If we talk about the goodness of God, you know, we can, you know, kind of head back there. And uh, Genesis chapter 3, it's a story about how Satan came and he tempted Eve. You know, his approach to her was very, inter- was very interesting. It had to do directly with the goodness of God. You know what he said? Will you remember, you know, he kind of slithered right up there beside her. You know, are you, you know, here's the question. Are you allowed to eat of all the trees in the garden? And he says, oh, oh, yes, we are allowed to eat of all the trees. And can you imagine how many were there? All the trees, <laughs> except for one, except for one. God said that, you know, so God had said that we cannot eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Satan said, oh, has God said? Then he began to question the goodness of God. Without taking the time to go into a lot of depths, you know, uh, with the verses, what Satan said to her in effect was, you know, God really is not as good as he says he is because, well, look, good. I mean, he gave you all these trees except for the one. You know, God's withholding something from you. He's holding back something to you. You know, his attack was was on the one tree. And what happens, ladies? What happens when we can't have the one thing? Do we not desire it more and more and more and more? I mean, you know, it's just something we might see, you know, walking by a shop, and you're like, ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Doesn't matter that you got 47 of those in your closet already. It's the one you don't have, and that's the one that, you know, seems to grip our heart. You know, 
it's, it's in the store for a reason and not in your closet, you know. <laughs> Pass it on by. That's the goodness of God, you know. The, uh, you know. And then the chapter goes on to tell us that God had very good reasons for telling them that they could not have that one thing. But, of course, that was the one thing that they focused on. You know, we need to, we need to not lose sight of of who we follow, who we trust. You know, the world wants to tell us that, you know, if you don't have that, you're not good enough. You know, you need to drive this or you're not really that good enough. It's all about status. And, and truly, that's not who are, that's not anything and nor any principle in the word of God. Um, the very basic and underlying truth about God is that God is good. And, and to question, you know, it's, it can be extremely dangerous, and it's ex- and it can be ex- it can have extreme serious consequences. This is the warning that we need to give because, as I've already said, it's something that happens, and it could happen, or it may already has happened at one time or another. We get to looking at the the things that God you know hasn't done instead of all the great things and all the good things that He has has done. Um, you know, and also we need to step out in faith, ladies. When you believe that God, you know, when you, we believe that God is good all the time, it frees us from that ever-increasing, you know, from the ever-increasing steps of faith. You know, um, we, you know I, I printed this out because um, it's, it's just a beautiful reminder that, that God's intent towards us, you know, his plan for us, uh, his declaration for his plan for us, you know, it's for a hope. It's not for despair. It's not for any of those things. Psalm 84:11. you know, um, for the Lord God is the sun and the shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. And you never miss out one step. It's that faith. That, you know what? Do you believe that God is good? And you need to take that. You need to hold that. You need to move. You need to live with that. You need to move forward. You need to move forward with that goodness of God, and not worry about what doesn't seem like isn't good. But you need to remember that that God is good, um, and the goodness of God. This is what we can conclude: that the goodness of God is the core of our Christian faith. It is because of His desire for our good that He provided salvation for His through His Son Jesus. Everything God does is for our good. We can see proof of that, um, of God's goodness all around us in life-sustaining provisions that he supplies. You know, we have food, we have clothing, we have the air that we need to breathe. We have, the, we all, we have goodness in us and even desire to do good. But true goodness comes only from him who is perfectly good and wants good things for us. Um, and, and that reminded me, I, uh, real quick about, about the goodness of God and, and being thankful. Um, I received a, an email and I, you know, sometimes I just delete them real quick, but there was one that was sent to me and it says, surely, uh, Psalm 23 says, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And, um, it talked about, um, a lady who wanted to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. And as I kind of read through the, through this, through the email, it says, you know, she wanted, um, to mature in her spiritual life and to become more thankful. So she started something called a thanks living jar. Each evening she wrote on a small piece of paper one thing she was thankful 
she thought she would thank God for, and she'd drop it in the jar. And then some days there were praises, other days there were, there were difficult days, and she, she found a real struggle to find something to be thankful for. But she did. And it just talked about, you know, it could have been a, the sunset or it could have been the sunrise or, or whatever it was. Um, and so then uh, she says that she discovered, she, her discovery reminded her what the psalmist says in the experience. God refreshed her with green pastures and quiet waters. He gave her guidance, protection, and comfort. And David concluded in that, that surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And so, um, so I, you know, I started to think about it. And I thought, you know, that is just always such a great way. So I started the same thing at the, at the same time. And I, have, I do have my little thankful notes in here. And so I was given this jar on my 50th birthday last week. No, just kidding. <laughs> I said that again. Five years ago, but anyway. But anyway, so I started writing the goodness of God, and I'm going to just real quick. This is what came in this jar for me on my birthday. It says, may your heart always stay young, even though other places may look old. May the young person inside your old body find out what the heck happened. May all your friends and family remember your birthday, but not your age. May your belt always buckle. Now, these were the encouragements in my fabulous 50 jar here, and they go on and on and on. Um, but I thought, you know, some of these are cute and they're funny. But, you know, but truly, to fill a jar with the goodness and, and to be thankful for all that the, the Lord has done really has made is, is great. And, you know, every now and then I will kind of pick through it, and, and I was going to wait for a certain length of time, but every now and then I'll pick through and just to be reminded, Lord, just how good you were. Well, that's what happened on that day. Oh, yeah, that's what happened on that day. And it does make a difference, you know. It, it puts, us, puts me in a different mindset. That is definitely for sure. You know, um, you know uh, if you want to see... God for who he really is. Here's a good starting point. Give thanks for he is good. First Chronicles 16, 34. Uh, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love is eternal and his faithfulness endures to all generations. Psalms 104, through five. You know, Moses alone, you know, what did Moses ask God? Moses pleaded with God, please show me your glory. He was uh, asking to see God for who he really was. Uh, he said, show me as much as I can stand, Lord. So what did God do? Hit him in the cleft, and we're in Exodus 33 now, and he gives, um, he gives Moses, he passes his goodness before him. In front of him, and he says, "I will pre- and I will pre- proclaim the name Yahweh before you." Moses wanted to see the glory of God. God showed Himself so wonderful and accessible that it caused the skin of Moses' face to to be so radiant. And He showed him His goodness, and it started making me think. You know, do I adopt, do I pray like that? You know, I ask for good things, and I and I pray, and you know, and I'm not extremely selfish in my prayers, and so you know, but but do I pray like that? Lord, show me your goodness. You know, does you know? I would love my face to shine with the radiance of God's goodness coming through me, because that's who it is. That's who it would be that would shine. Um, you know, there there's um, different ways that that the God that through the Bible the Lord showed His goodness. 
Um, they're all, you know, through to David. How many times did he show in the Psalms? They're, you know, just the goodness of the Lord that was showed. Um, he's, you know, the Lord has shown us that he's merciful, that he's gracious, that he's long-suffering, that he's abounding in goodness and truth. And just think of how merciful God has been to you. I know for me, it's just like, wow, Lord, you are, you're so good. And once again, you just cannot, you can't even say it enough. And you, it's hard, you know, because sometimes you think, Lord, you're so good. And it's like, I want to, just every depth of my meaning was like, Lord, is so good. He is just so good. And, and have it not just be words on my lips or a thought that I might have. Just think how merciful that he has been. Um, Trudy reminded us about the story about Joseph and his brothers. And, and in Genesis 15, 50, 20, and, it's, and Joseph tells his brother, brothers, but what you meant for evil against me, God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people. So it may not seem good. We may be going through things that, that don't seem like they are good, but the Lord can use that, and will mean, and he does mean it for good. Um, you know, God's goodness is a perfection of his character, which he exercises towards us um, in all kinds of circumstances and in all different kinds of ways. Um, Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. Psalm 145.8 says that the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger. And that's good. That is so good. Because, you know, as I pray for the, for my family members who don't know the Lord, you know, as I pray for their salvation. And, you know, some of my family members, the man, they are some hard nuts. They are some hard nuts. You know, you know, a hammer isn't even working these days, you know. But the Lord is good. He will soften their heart. He's the one that will bring about salvation in his timing and his way. And, you know, I think about the story about Noah. You know, talk about long-suffering and patience. You know, everybody in the world is, you know, is going to be gone except for eight people. You know, and could you imagine the people back then? Uh, Noah, what you doing? Building a boat. What's the boat? You know, well, something's good. You know, something's going to float on the water when the rain comes. What's rain? You know, and could you imagine? But he had so much time. And Noah Noah was righteous, and he had so much time to tell these people. But you can almost, you know, I can almost hear their snarky little remarks. Um, But, you know, Noah had the perfect setup. And he had 120 years to warn God's people about his judgment that was going to come. God's patient, and thank goodness he is. Um, you know, there's a, there, I always say if there's life, you know, if there's breath, there's hope. And as I continue to pray for my, my tough nuts and my families, you know, I just remember as long as they're breathing, there is going to be hope. And the Lord is going to bring about the situation, the circumstance, the time for them to, to accept him. So um, just as, as we uh, conclude, I just want to leave you with some scriptures about God's goodness and uh, and so God's goodness and his love lasts forever. Psalm 107.1. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his, and his love endures forever. God is good to everyone. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all that he has made. It's Psalm 145.9. Genesis 1.31. Everything God made was good. God saw, saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening in the morning on the sixth day. It was very good. Psalm 31, 19 says, God has goodness stored up for us. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, you that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Everything from God is good. 
1 Timothy 4.4 tells us that everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. All things that are good are from God. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change in like shifting shadows. God alone is good. Matthew 19.16-17, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what Uh, What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one good, and that is God. And I want to, and and so that's the one thing that that we need to remember. There really is only one one good, and that is God. Psalm 184.11 says, for the Lord... uh, the Lord God is sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk is blameless. God, God's goodness impacts us. We're blessed through his goodness. He has already told us what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. His goodness can come in, in all kinds of circumstances. So eight, Romans 8, 28. We, all, we know that all things, all things good work together for good for those who love him. His goodness leads us to repentance, and which is, which is huge. Second Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for, godly, for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God's goodness is our shelter, Psalm 34.8. And we just need to remember that we need to take refuge in him. So, you know, God is great. We are small, and that is good. God is supreme over all of his creation, and we can trust him even when we don't understand what he's doing in us and through us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your love, Father. There's just um, not enough time, Lord, to, to really even get into the depths of your goodness. I thank you for allowing us to scratch the surface, Father, but hopefully to learn of your goodness, Father, that we would have a deeper meaning of your goodness, what your goodness means, Lord, what it does, Father, what what it requires of us to do to walk blameless with you, Lord God, and that ultimately, Lord, um, we can can conclude that your goodness is so supreme, Lord, and we thank you for sending your son to die for us, Father, Lord, that, that the ultimate goodness, eternal life with you, could be a gift for us. So, Lord, we thank you, and we praise you, and we just lift this evening to you in Jesus' name. Amen.